The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. For every woman or man cleaning up around a house full of people, you know what it's like that you do this and it never stays. But something about construction, could I just put that nail through that board and know the satisfaction that it is going to stick for at least five minutes. Bible teacher Beth Moore urges us to let God rebuild our lives next on Life Today. this opportunity to share with you. I'm James Robinson. My wife, Betty, and I welcome you to Life Today and Wednesdays in the Word. Beth Moore is teaching on God rebuilding our lives. There's no one else who can take a puzzle life or even a disastrous situation and create a greater masterpiece of whatever puzzle parts we give him, whatever broken pieces we give him. And Beth understands that fully. So you'll be hearing her in just a few moments. I do want to remind you that we are trusting God to enable us to drill another 500 water wells. Just pray. You know, I, I reach out here and pick up one of these beautiful coffee cups uh, that we do also give our supporters and people tell us they enjoy them, and we have clean water. And overseas, they have disease-ridden in so many places, and our viewers have enjoyed drilling water wells. And so just really be praying that God will touch hearts and that we'll be able to do this. And, and pray, what is my part in your heart when it relates to giving someone just a cup of water? or a well of water in your name. Would you do that? I want you to welcome Beth Moore. She's going to bless you as you enjoy Wednesdays in the Word. Here's Beth. Now, I drink coffee to calm down. I was born wired. I just was born wired. But I, I love coffee, and I love stiff, very, very strong coffee. I like a super dry cappuccino that they hand to you in a cup that has just about this much liquid in it. And I throw that thing back, and then I just praise God out loud for it. <laughs> but I had had about six shots one morning, and I've been working out of Colossians in my memory work. So I was saying my memory work to the Lord. I was starting at the very beginning, and I said, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the faints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. <laughs> and so every time I turn to this book, I think about the faints and the faithful brothers uh, in Colossae. And so that may be you today. You may be faint of heart. You are in the right place. Colossians chapter 2, I want to read you verses 1 through 7. So much of this segment would be a lesson all by itself. We are heading together to the seventh verse, but I want you to see verses one through six as well as we prepare for it. It says, and this is the Apostle Paul talking to the faints and faithful brothers in Colossae, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. Let me pause there to say, it is all right with God 
If you and I have to really struggle to see somebody become in Christ what they were called to be, anybody know what I'm talking about? To be able to press in there, go to the work, go to the grit that it takes to see somebody that you know full well has the capacity and gifting in them to be so instrumental in the body of Christ. I've got a young woman in my life like this right now. She is so gifted. She has got an authority on her. She can um, stand up and speak to a group. But I mean, she has the mouth of a sailor. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you know, I, you know what's going to happen is a sailor is going to write me and say, you know what? I don't have a bad mouth. So uh, forgive me. You may be a sailor with a wonderful sanctified mouth. I'll, I'll try to think of something else, but y'all know what I'm talking about? And I'm trying to struggle in there with her, that there be a sanctification that would release the gifting on that mouth. Sometimes we struggle with one another to see one another come to their gifting and their sanctification in Christ. And look, look at verse 2, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. I just want you to land on verse 3. I want somebody new to hear this. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everybody say, all the treasures. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's no way to get to the bottom of him. I, I need you to know something. I have been um, enthralled and fascinated by the scriptures for 30 solid years because there's just no way to get to the bottom of it, to get it all explained. You can't lasso the thing. You can't control the thing. You can't make it behave. You can't bring yourself complete understanding and work out every single thing, get all of your doctrinal ducks in a row, have every one of your questions answered. You just cannot take all the mystery out of him. And you cannot take all the mystery out of his word. You can spend the rest of your life seeking him and searching him out on the pages of his word and never, ever exhaust it. It is unlike anything else you could possibly hold in your hands. It says this in verse 4, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, Paul says to them, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Here we go. 6 and 7 are the primary verses that we'll be launching from in this present series. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Everybody say walk in him. So walk in him, verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Verse 7 again, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now listen, um, we're going somewhere else with our concept, but I don't want to go there before I mention the words where it says rooted and built up in him, rooted. You and I are heading toward the words built up, but I want you to think about rooted for a moment because I want you to see the trajectory. I'm a visual learner like many of you are, and so I'm already picturing some things happening on the page right now because it says walk with him as you received him, walk with him. So you've got a horizontal move going here. And then there's this vertical work going. So a horizontal walk, 
We're going forward with him just as we've received him. We're going to walk in him, but we're going to be rooted and we're going to be built up. Rooted and built up. Down below us with depth up above us, pulling us, stretching us, making us taller in the faith, building us up. And I started thinking it's so important that you and I realize that our rootedness has to be in Him, not just rooted in our church. And I'm a church girl. I, I believe in the local church. I love the local church. I encourage you, get into a local church. But if what we're rooted in is a group of our Christian friends, a, a, a social circle, we're rooted in our job, we're, we're rooted um, in our exact family situation, we're rooted in this particular city, we're rooted in this neighborhood, I'm rooted in this particular house, then what happens when we get uprooted? But let me tell you something, when you get rooted in Jesus Christ, no, no man no woman, no thing can uproot you because no matter where you go, you're taking the roots with you. Anybody got that with me? Rooted in Him, rooted in Him. And that's, that's what holds my feet to the ground. That's what keeps me standing. And then it says what's going to become so important to us in our present series. It says then rooted and built up in him. I want everybody to say those words back. Built up in him. Say it back. Say it one more time. We're, we're going to learn how to be built up in him and not just beaten up by the world. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because listen, you can get beaten up out there. Anybody but me? I, I, I thought about something uh, this week. I thought about the fact that Jesus must surely have an affinity for carpentry. Don't you think he does? I mean, he does all things. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He, he knows every occupation. He knows how to do your job. He has complete and infinite understanding of everything it takes to do the work that you have been ordained for. And yet, you know, there's got to be some kind of tenderness in his heart for building things. Wouldn't you imagine? Wouldn't you imagine that he just loves construction? I mean, isn't it what he said to his disciples, on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus is a builder, a builder. I was sitting in my house a couple of days ago getting ready for you, getting ready for this series and, and to come and teach. And um, we, we live way out in the country outside of Houston. And my son-in-law was is in the process of building a treehouse for our grandchildren that are just about to have their birthdays. They are just about to turn. They're just two weeks from one another um, in their birthdays, and they're about to turn nine and six, so they're the perfect age for it. And he said, he told me a couple of weeks ago, he said, do you care if I, I pick a spot and if I build them a treehouse? That's what I'm going to give both of them for their birthday. So I was in my library preparing for you, and I could hear in the distance the hammering and I could hear the sawing, and I could hear the country western music play. Now, I don't know. I don't know if Jesus would have, would have um, had that exact scenario or not. Maybe he would have. Maybe he would have loved him a little George Strait. Somebody know what I'm saying to him? <laughs> but it was the most wonderful thing, and I went by to see if he wanted any lunch while I went to grab me some. And I looked at him, and I thought, you know, it was just that his contentment was palpable. 
something so satisfying. He's a young pastor. He's got a lot of pressure on him all the time, uh, a lot a lot of work, uh, never gets to the end of the list. Uh, many of you know how that is, whatever your profession may be. But something about, I'm going to put this board here. I'm going to take this nail. I'm going to hammer the thing, and it's actually going to stay. For every woman or man cleaning up around a house full of people, you know what it's like that you do this, and it never stays. But something about construction, could I just put that nail through that board and know the satisfaction that it is going to stick for at least five minutes. Anybody <laughs> getting that with me? An affinity for building things and what you and I are going to find before this series is over, not just building things, but that Jesus is more than willing to rebuild. Anybody? Yes. To rebuild a thing. Because so I was sitting back a few days ago and I thought, you know, I, I just want to make two observations to you. These are not big biblical observations. These are world life observations. This is just from being my age, walking around um, planet Earth, watching what's going on and living my own life. I came to two observations. I thought, number one, there is a whole lot of wear and tear involved in being a human can I just say that? A lot of wear and tear, a lot of wear and tear. Listen, I don't, I don't know anything about what your life may be like on the other side of that screen because I cannot see you and, and what you're dealing with and, and, um, and uh, where you are uh, planted in your life experience. But this I know, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to have a personal relationship with God to be in a life with a whole lot of wear and tear. There's just a, listen, you get this point because you know that just to be a human there's a whole lot of wear and tear going on. Anybody got that with me? But here was that follow-up observation I came to right after that. In Christ, please hear this with me, there is a whole lot of patch and mend. A lot of wear and tear out there. But what I just want to suggest to you in this present series is that in Christ there's also a lot of patch and mend. Listen, about a year ago, I learned something that kind of turned my, my understanding inside out about a passage. I am almost positive I even brought it uh, to the Wednesday uh, program, but it would have been a while, and I think about it often, so just let me bring it back if it's not new to you, but it's just hitting me so fresh with this lesson about rebuilding and seeing things sewn back together. I was doing a um, conference on the whole concept of time in the Word of God. And so, of course, you have to go to Ecclesiastes 3 because it says that there's a time to do this and there's a time to do that and there's a time to do this and there's a time to do that. And there's this wonderful verse in Ecclesiastes 3, 7 where it says, there is a time to tear, time to tear, and a time to sow. And so I was, I was doing some uh, commentary research on it when one of the commentators pointed out that very likely... It was talking about the same fabric. And what it was talking about was the mourning process. I mean, it could have been anything because there is a time to tear and there's a time to sow. But he was suggesting that in this ancient world, it could very likely have been exactly the same piece of material. In other words, it was talking about that when someone was grief-stricken or when they were um, hit with... Uh, 
a terrible crisis or turmoil, one of the things they would do in the ancient world, and certainly um, the ancient Jewish world, is that they would tear, they would tear their cloak, they would tear their robe. And the commentator was pointing out that it, they weren't like us, where they just went into their closet, I mean, throw away what's torn, just get rid of it, put it out for the trash man. They didn't have like this whole wardrobe of um, clothing in a closet like we do. That that same robe, very often, over time, would have then been pulled back out, stay with me, and sewn back up representing that, yes, we do get torn apart. But make no mistake, for people of faith, we get sewn back up. Somebody needs to hear that today. And this is where it differs completely whether or not we are a human being out there who does not know God or if we know the living Lord Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you, there is no terror he cannot mend. There is no hurt that he can't heal. And we all experience them. Father, I pray for viewers today who have a heavy heart, a broken heart, have a need in their family, in their personal life. I pray, Lord, that you will enable them right now just to reach up to you and know you're picking them up and holding them close. In Jesus' name, I thank you. I hope you've enjoyed hearing Beth. And I pray that you enjoy everyday life today, but Wednesdays in the Word is... Very special for so many of you, and you tell us that. And, and Beth has encouraged us. said, I want you to get others to share too, not just me. It's meant so much to me all over the world to be able to share. But she said, I have such great friends that, that share, whether it's Christine Kane or Lisa Bevere, any of these others that are so gifted. She said, I just praise the Lord that you're giving them that opportunity. Beth, we love you. Thank God for you. One of the most exciting things we do is to share the life and the love of God, not just in word, Betty, but in demonstration. I want you to listen to Tammy Trent as she talks to someone who really has a broken heart, and rightly so, and yet we can be the answer to the pain and we can be the solution for so many to what she's faced. Would you watch this focused and in prayer, please? <laughs> At some point, we all wish we could go back, that we could change things. But for some people, even if they could go back, there's nothing more they could do. Look, 
For Amek, to go back would simply mean reliving this horrible tragedy all over again. There's nothing we can do to bring her grandson back, but we can provide clean water to countless families just like hers and alter the course of their lives forever. You know, I walked out this morning very early, pick up the newspaper, but Betty also said, would you put this in the mailbox? So I carried an envelope out with a check to St. Jude, children, because some parents said to like to find a cure for my, my child. And we have the hope they'll find it. That's why we support them. Betty and I'd like to support everything in the world that we could that matters. And I, I know you would too. But what I want you to think about with that, what you just heard with Tammy Trent, our beautiful little mission worker, musician and communicator, we got the perfect cure for what took that baby, that grandson, that grandchild. I, uh, I'm asking you to give it today. Just like Betty, we, you know, we can hardly ever look at a little child. I wonder if we could get hope for this one. Well, I'm telling you, we got perfect hope. Perfect help, perfect cure. And here in the last days now, I'm water for life, to get these 500 areas that we've targeted, Betty, we, we need everybody to help us. The wells are $4,800. If you could give one, please do. I believe you will. I believe you'll find great joy doing it. If you can give 1,200 or 2,400 and pray others join you, we'll have another, but most people give $48. And that gives 10 people water the rest of their life, 144 gives 30. So it just breaks out to where if each one of us would do what I did today, we, we did something to help, but we, we're, we're doing it with hope that we find the cure. Here we've got the cure. It's just a matter of delivering it and the support, and that's what I'm praying our viewers will do. Absolutely, me too, James. And you know, just as that grandmother there's nothing we can do about the loss of her grandson. She never dreamed that she would, that he would pass away before she did. But she didn't have any way of saving his life. But you know, we do. We have the, the answer to her heartache and many like her that are losing their children and their grandchildren. Let's stop that process. Let's stop that, that death that's taking place that doesn't have to because we can drill those water wells and give them the pure, fresh, clean water for their children. And with all my heart, I believe you're going to do it. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Father, please just direct those who love you and love others and those who care. In Jesus' name, listen, listen to me. You can go online, lifetoday.org. Take your bank card, use it like a check, and just make the, make the largest gift you can, would you? I mean, if you can afford to give enough to take care of 30 and give water for 30 with $144, do that. If the 48 is what you do, do it. But if you can drill a well, drill the well. 
or a portion of it and pray somebody will step up with you and match what you do if you give 2400 Another one matches it, we got another well. At whatever level, help. If, if you want to, you know, call and use your bank card, dial the number there on the screen and take that card, use it like a check, make the gift. If you write a check, make it to life. That's what you're giving. But call us, please. We need to hear from you. We need to know. We've got to tell the missionaries and the workers they're coming to your area. We've got the resources to get the drilling rigs there. Would you do it, please? We have some beautiful gifts to give to you to say we love you. We want to invest in your life because we do as you're investing in the lives of others. A gift of love, a gift of life. Thank you so much for doing it. If you ever get a busy, you'll be persistent and you press on and call until you get through because lives do depend on it. Thank you for doing it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Every Day A New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the Names of Jesus found in Scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well, and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. Well, Betty and I say thanks from the bottom of our heart in behalf of so many people that fresh water, clean water has just changes their world. Uh, we're anxious to send you the names of Jesus' pins. There are two of them here. Uh, one is black, one is blue, and they have the great names of the Lord Jesus and the great message of God's love. And they will become a great witness tool for you, the Every Day a New Day devotional book and the Thomas Kincaid Forest Chapel. We send these to you not just to say thanks, but to also bless you. It's kind of like fresh water for you. And we thank you for your help. I want to remind you, go every day, stream.org, to the stream. Remember, it's here to help you have understanding of the times so that we not foolishly perish for lack of knowledge of the truth that sets us free and is essential to keep us free. You'll be blessed. Stream.org. Thank you for watching. Thank all of you for being with us. Thanks to Beth for being a blessing. Tell your friends to watch Life Today.
I do feel like I'm, I'm seated by one of the smartest people on the planet. I believe Jay's a gift oh, Thank you, dear. <laughs> Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.